Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just change your mind. Here we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Being Human. No, we did that last week on the last flight. We did that on the last flight. Yes, but you also told them we were doing it on this flight for some fucking reason. Oh, yeah. And we're also going to do it on another flight here here shortly. No, that's a different show. Becoming human, being human, they're the same thing. They're different shows, but but because you told them we were doing the same show again, I found a different version of the show that we can do, I guess. Yeah, I think it's British this time. Is that what that sound was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was Canadian, although it took place in Boston. This one is British and takes place in England. Mm. Not not Britain, but specifically England. I don't know if those are synonyms or not. I know Great Britain and England aren't synonyms. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I find hilarious, though? So, like... The when looking up being human, mm-hmm. I can find the version that aired on sci fi listed as being human US. Yes, mainly when reading it, of uh, like something about it in an American <laughs> journal or review or site or whatever. But if I find a Canadian one, they're much nicer in including everyone, and it's being human in a North America. <laughs> to be fair, it should be being human CA because it's like, yeah, no, it's definitely company. more Canada than the US, but every fucking like US publication I've seen is just like being human US. And I'm like, I feel like we're claiming something that's not ours once again. We do that a lot. Yeah. So we're reviewing episodes one and two of Being Human UK. Yes. We're not reviewing episode zero. Yeah, I found something that listed episode zero as a pilot. But it might have just been a script for, like, so, an initial script. So they did film it. Okay. it. It exists. It came out almost a year and a half before the first episode did. Okay. I couldn't find it on the video. I tried to. Because of how long there was between the series actually getting picked up and airing and the pilot, yeah. a lot of the actors left, but also because there was a rewrite and a tonal shift, yeah. a lot of other actors left, and also because the casting company could only sign them for one year at a time, which is why they have troubles later on in the series. Makes sense. A lot a lot of them, their their contracts expired, and they got other jobs. And they're like, "No, I'm, I'm busy. I have a job." Yeah, you you had me wait a year and a half. That's not happening. Toby Whithouse, the show creator, though, says that episode is still canon, even though it's tonally different and features mostly a different cast. The only person that carries over is the actor that plays George. George is just like the guy who's in it for the long haul. Yeah, until he leaves. George's actor is in it all the way through all five series, in, from my oh, understanding. okay. I thought he left at one point. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure everyone but George from the three main characters and a few other main cast members leave. That brings me to my next point. People refer to episode zero as the monster within. Okay. And people refer to episode one as Floatsome and Jetsome, but neither of those are actual episodes' names. Oh, neat. The episodes don't have names. Series one and two don't have names for their episodes. Understandable. That does mean ITV has lied to me. Totally. 
Toby Whithouse put ran a fan poll on his blog. Again, uh. he's the creator of the show. And Floatsome and Jetsum won, but it's mm. not officially, like, according to the production company, the name of the episode. Ah, uh, makes sense. Makes sense. So, episode one, entitled episode one, or Floatsome and Jetsum, it's up for debate. Look, we're talking about the show. We're not talking about fanon. It's episode one. So, if you listen to our last episode, you'll be familiar with the premise of being human. A ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire all moving together. Yeah. As they're wanting to do. Cue drama and comedy. In the Canadian or US version, our point of view characters might be said to be Josh and Aiden, the werewolf and vampire. Yeah. At least for episode one of the British version. So both the UK and the US version episodes start with intros from characters. Mm -hmm. And in the US version, because like you were saying, Aiden and Sam... Aiden and Josh. Aiden Aiden and Josh. Sam and Sam. Well, I was going to say Aiden and Josh the second time, but you fucking like came in to correct me and it just threw me off. So in the in the US version, Aiden and Josh do feel like more of our insert for our lens, our view into the world. Yeah, because it's an American show and American shows can only have viewpoints for men or they're not shows. I mean, true. That's not my belief. That's really what it feels like Hollywood tells us. Yeah. He mentions that because as, as I was about to say, we started this episode with a narration from Annie, our Sally. And if that's a confusing for you, it means you didn't listen to the last episode. Sally was the ghost in the US being human. Her name is Annie. And while her story arc is mostly the same over these two episodes, she is a decidedly different character. Yeah. I mean, they're all decidedly dis- different characters. Mm-hmm. She is, I would argue, the most different. Yeah. So we start with a intro from Annie talking about how everyone dies. Everyone deserves a death. Mm-hmm. Everyone will get a death. Well, I guess maybe not everyone. And so in her narration, we see her laying on the floor, blood leaking from the back of her skull. And then when she says, well, not everyone dies, we see Mitchell. John Mitchell. Yep. Mitchell, the Aiden on the UK version. He's our vampire. Yes. We see him in, I think, World War One Or two. It's hard to well, tell. Well, I think it's World War One because when we see him in this era, he's standing in front of a World War One monument. So. It's a World War One and World War Two monument. It has 1945 on it. Yeah, but also the helmets looked older and the uniforms looked older. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was World War One. His gun did have a bayonet on it. I don't think that was a World War Two. Yeah, thing. and also they made a joke about how they were killing people's empires 50 years ago, which mm-hmm. would have been beef for a part of World War II because the show came out in 2008. I think they said like 59 years ago or some shit. Like, yeah, okay. But he gets turned into a vampire there. And then Annie continues on and mentions that also, though, some people cheat death. They manage to get away from it, but it leaves them scarred. They're survivors. And what are they supposed to do with what's left? And in that time period, we see George, our Josh, so our werewolf, getting attacked and brutalized by... Something. It's a werewolf. Whoever could guess. Yeah. And then she ends up saying, well, if they're lucky, if there's mercy, they find each other. Yeah, the quick rundown here would be, everybody deserves death, some people never die, some people should have died, some people did die. Yeah, and during this time period, as she's narrating, we're seeing their backstories. Mm-hmm. We see also that George and Mitchell are unpacking their car and moving into a new house. Yes. Which we'd seen more of from Annie's perspective as she was at her own wake, trying to interact with people. Because, as she tells us in this opening, being a ghost is insanely lonely. Yeah. Yeah. That brings us to the actual episode proper because mm-hmm. they've moved into the house. Annie watches them move in. She's actually watched multiple other people move in, but like, yeah, they and they move. would move out. Mm-hmm. And as they were moving in, George seemed to have caught sight of something. 
She ducked out of a window, so he looked away. Then she moved again. He thought he caught her. It looked like he thought he caught something in his eye side again. So yeah, we also get a bit of flashbacks or like cuts between Mitchell and George here. George going out into the woods and transforming into a werewolf. Oh, sorry, I forgot something in the montage. So we saw Mitchell get turned. We also see him with this shows Rebecca. Yeah, her name it, is Lauren. Yeah, in the same sex and then drink blood thing that he did before. Yeah, he killed her. Yeah, and he even hits a really similar pose on the floor. Although, it's interesting. I think in the UK versions, it's implied that he actually did turn her. It is very unclear because from the way they talk about a thing later, it to me implies that it would be an almost immediate affair, whereas that would imply then that he didn't turn her because he... Yeah, she does say she woke up surrounded by strangers. It's hmm. unclear. So we cut from that montage yep. to the three of them living together. It's kind of already been an established like relationship between the three of them. Yeah, it is an indiscriminate amount of time since they moved in. Mm-hmm. They all seem like they kind of know each other pretty well at this point. And Annie has went from being able to only be seen by supernatural creatures like a werewolf and a vampire to being able to be seen and being able to interact with the world by some people. Not all people, but some people. Yeah, and this is demonstrated legitimately with our first actual scene because after this montage we get a black screen and then the being human title card offset to the right and then a door opens and she just starts chattering away at the pizza delivery guy that they yeah. had yeah. delivered food to them because also in this version the vampire can eat yeah yeah you can also 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 most importantly most importantly he can piss <laughs> I don't he, think- he states he has to go piss and we see him journey to a bathroom on three different occasions once is to shower fine for the two other times one is mentioned as a clear decoration of a piss he also mentions he has to piss at another point but uh, and then the so third one is unclear i think you're gonna have to clarify why this is important to you because i don't think this was ever covered on the podcast yes it was was it yes i edited the episode i'm aware okay i had my piss conversation i wanted to know what happened to the blood <laughs> Because urea is basically just urine. Urea is the largest fluid component of your blood, basically. So vampires and being human, the British version, do pee. Yes. Now, though, that we know they, they can actually consume food, the next question arises. Do British vampires shit? They obviously have to. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We also get the issue here where as Mitchell is eating the pizza, yeah. Annie offers to go make them tea. And yeah. George, the werewolf, freaks out. He's like, you can't make any more tea. All the cups are gone. You, you just you- keep making tea tea that's all you do tea and coffee all you do you can't even drink it i go to make tea and i can't there's no mugs left there's no tea left it's insane and then it's just like it, it gives me a a, a daily like schedule it gives me a thing to do i uh don't have things to do so i make tea yeah uh <laughs> which is insane it literally yeah. is insane yeah, yeah, yeah she can interact with the world she could watch tv or read or use the internet it's 2008 i mean the internet exists youtube is around it's not viable they have, they have a cathoid ray tv cathoid tube tv crt they have yeah. a crt that they, they don't have internet in their apartment house also the phones the cell phones they have yeah still have like keyboards like tech nine style keyboards yeah. god 2008 was so long ago hey they could have had like a sidekick or something if they wanted to they just didn't have the budget for it in the show or they just didn't have them in britain i'm not for sure i mean also it's entirely possible that i don't know a porter so an orderly and a cleaning service so a janitor they probably don't make the most the most money at the hospital which um that is the thing mitchell is not a nurse 
in this series, it seems. He is a janitor. We get explicitly called out in episode two that yeah. porters make minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So we just got to Google what minimum wage I mean, was in Britain. Look, I don't I don't care. In like any capitalistic country, minimum wage is like never what you really need. So I stand by my statement. They don't have the money for a sidekick. Well, it was five dollars and seventy three pounds. It was five pounds and seventy three cents. Sorry. Um, and this calculator says in today money. Well, I don't know how to do use this calculator. So it's like what seven bucks an hour, like like minimum wage in the U.S. right now. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I know you don't care. It was interesting to me though, and that is no money. They're making nothing. Yeah. So you're right. Even if they could, even if they did have sidekicks, they couldn't afford them. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to tangent off. So then both Mitchell and George grab their bags because they're headed out to work. Which is the weirdest. Why would you order pizza with like yeah, th- so little time between the pizza getting there and work? Like, if you I were, assume like, they ordered it for the ghost. I think maybe she can smell. We know she can't eat or drink. but like, Yeah, maybe she can smell the pizza. Like if you call the pizza place and you're like, hey, I need a pizza. And they're like, honestly, if they're like quirky night shift and for some fucking reason, no pizza place around them is open after they get off. They could have just gotten and be like, I'm going to grab a piece of pizza for breakfast i'm putting the rest in the fridge for food when i get home and honestly respectable forethought i guess that's fair yeah i I guess that i guess what you're saying makes sense although they do live in a large british city i'm sure that there are places open when they get off work i don't fucking know i i don't either there are major metropolitan areas that have like no restaurants or stores really open after night yeah but if they're working night shift they'll get off in the morning i mean it depends we don't know what their night shift schedule is Fair enough. But yeah, they order the pizza and Mitchell eats a slice and then they go to work. Yeah. And as they're leaving and he's just like, oh, so you're both heading out. And they're like, yeah, we have work. We have these things. And the Mitchell's like, and also it's his time of the month and like slaps George on the chest, like with the back of his hand slightly mm-hmm. and slaps George on the back and slaps George on his, his chest lightly, playfully. And then Annie's like, oh man, that's, that's the best part about being dead. I do not miss that at all. I would... Get a hot water bottle, curl up on the sofa with a snack, and watch the telly. And if anybody tried to talk to me, I would bite their head off. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. That That's a, that's a thing that could actually happen with You're, you, isn't it? That's a little it? insensitive, isn't it? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, but they do mention that he has a room in the hospital like like Josh in America. Yeah. I, he's in, in my brain, these shows are happening concurrently. Like Josh yeah, in America, yeah. he also has a room in the hospital that is abandoned and safe to transform in. Mm-hmm. And so the plan is... <laughs> you can't say that while recording that's evidence i delete it it's only evidence if i do it and so the plan is that george will work for about an hour and mm-hmm. then be like hey i gotta go i got a family emergency and then yep. go walk himself in a room and after work mitchell will go down there and let him out yep and then Mitchell and George arrive at the hospital in what seems like the most like open to the rest of the building fucking locker room ever. Yeah, it's like right at like where two holes connect and there's no door for it or anything. I mean, there's some double doors leading like what looks to be further into the hospital. So maybe the other hallway is like a staff only entrance and those but those two double doors are never both closed. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe they're not supposed to change there. They're just like supposed to like drop their stuff. Yeah, off but and... I mean, like at no point do either of these two put in a combination or anything for their locker. They just open it and get things in and out yeah because it's not america where you have to worry about people stealing all your shit all the time uh, i don't know i'm assuming but my it- understanding of london is you just get stabbed when it's nighttime <laughs> this <laughs> and they call you a wanker as they <laughs> rob you this isn't london though it's bristol 
I don't know. I don't know anything. There's about... more than one place in England. <laughs> yeah, it's so small. Though. There, there's Manchester and there's London, and apparently there's Bristol. No, no, you're thinking of Brighton. Brighton's the other one. There's also Blackpool. No, that's made up. That's wrestling stuff. No, Blackpool is, from what I understand, the dirtier, scummier version of Las Vegas, but in England. There's no desert in England. <laughs> I didn't say it was a desert. It can't be dirtier without all the dust. I don't mean, like, physically dirt. Well, no. I do kind of mean physically dirtier, <laughs> too. <laughs> Anyways, though, as they're coming in, George is just like, he's just complaining about Annie. He's like, why is she even there? When other people move in, they might have, like, it might be damp. There might be, like, wood lice or pests or other things. We have a ghost. Why? Why do we have a ghost? And then Mitchell, who I keep wanting to call Aiden. Yeah. Uh, it's like, look, she just needs to move on. It's not like we can't make her go. She yeah. has some, she has unfinished business, which. Uh, and then George is just like, it's not fair. It's it's not fair. It's not right. And he's just like, which was like, yeah, it's really not like it sucks for her. I think I figured out what it is. So just go. I'll just keep turning it off. I know what it is. It's the Xbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we continue now? Yeah. Okay. So Mitchell having turned that around to being like, man, that, yeah, it's super unfair to her to like have died and now be stuck here. And George is like, no, I mean, it's unfair to us. And Mitchell's like, oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah, no, it, she she's a person. We we she gets to live here. It's fine. Yeah, and then L- live. This is Will Mitchell just ignores the rest of the conversation. She's like, "So what's the plan?" And that's where we learn that George is going to fake a family emergency so he can go wolf out. Mm-hmm. And I think rather than like being like she gets to live here, this is where they get interrupted by a nurse. Well, no. no. They stopped that conversation. Okay. Mitchell actively sidestepped it and was like, what are you going to do tonight? Okay, that's right. Mitchell was like, George is being ridiculous. I'm not going to engage. And then they run into a nurse. Yeah. Um, who we don't get her name yet, but I think her name was Becca. I don't think we get that yet. So I said she that we don't get it yet, but I'm pretty sure her name is Becca. No, no, I, I don't think we get her scene yet. I think it's Mitchell and Seth first. Mm, Mitchell and Seth first, yes. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Mitchell and Seth. Because as George and Mitchell walk out, Mitchell clocks a guy heading into a patient's room. And then follows him in. Yeah, it's a vampire. It fills the same role in the US version as the not Bishop vampire. Oh, yeah, because Mitchell cl- sees it on one of mm-hmm. the... Um, yeah, he sees it on a security camera. And when I say he sees it on a security camera, he distinctly sees nothing a, a door open and close on its own yeah because vampires in the british version can't be seen on film or in mirrors or yeah. like so so yeah then we get the mitchell and seth confrontation which is the exact same as it, it plays out the exact same way it does in the american version between aiden and except with more of a focus on how they can target political or strong business targets and turn them into vampires Although, in this case, Seth hasn't done his research because he's just like, I think this guy's a councilman, so I'm going to turn him. Yeah. Um, Their fight is a little less uh, impactful than the U.S. version. Yeah, I mean, we also get a slightly different motive for their bishop, whose name is Herrick. Herrick. And it's that Herrick wants to give the people a choice. He wants them to actively recruit them and inform people that they're a vampire. Let me turn you into a vampire. He wants to take the masquerade away. Yeah. He wants to step out of the shadow, uh, which is, from my understanding of the history in, in Vampire the Masquerade, a terrible idea. Uh, whenever vampire societies do this, and typically it's the Sabbath that does it, uh, humans very quickly murder the vampires. Yeah. Because there's more of them. Mm-hmm. This is when we get a mention of Mitchell having turned Lauren, supposedly, mm-hmm. because Seth says that Lauren's a much better pick than like the normal tramps and like homeless people. Which and I guess is because she's abuse. a nurse. I think he just finds her attractive, is what he's saying. Oh, that's. I assumed it was because she was a nurse. Nah, Seth gives Will vibes. 
this this show has characters that give those vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And so Seth's trying to convince Mitchell to let him drain this possible councilman. Who knows? And Mitchell's just like, no, I've stopped. And Seth tries to push his luck. So Mitchell slams him against the wall and then throws him out of the room. And tells him the hospital is off limits. Yeah. They do. Seth does briefly talk about some of their past kills, but it doesn't really matter. We don't get a lot of details. Just years and essentially... Him the victim and, type. Yeah, him and Herrick have always been like chummy pals. Yep. Uh, this is when we meet back. Yes. Yeah, because George it's needs George to, talking to her, and then Mitchell will show up later. Yeah, because George needs to go transform, but he's being mm-hmm. stopped and having a conversation with Becca because I don't remember this conversation was. She's really just she's telling a story, and he's listening and talking to her. Yeah, and then Mitchell shows up and is like, "Hey, uh, don't you need to be gone?" Yeah. And George is like, "Oh yeah," and then stays there, continues listening. My, Mitchell goes. Whenever you're ready, or on your own time, um, or something. Though before Mitchell interrupts them, so they're having a conversation. She's just telling her about something. As they walk by, they see a memorial like poster board up for Lauren, mm-hmm. and then she asks him if he knew anything, and he's like, "Yeah, she worked here. Like she she died like a month before you started. Yeah, six months ago. Mm-hmm. Which means episode zero takes place." Or a- aspects of episode zero takes pl- take place six months ish before episode one proper. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So George takes off and then Mitchell tries to kind of leave. But Becca, who had been like trying to join their conversation that they had just started, was like, because when George says, oh, I have to leave, Becca's like, oh, I have, I was saying I have break in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when he runs off, Mitchell's like, okay, I got to go. And she's like, well, I've got break in 10 minutes. And we cut from that scene. So assumedly he just shuts that down. No, because they get coffee together. Well, they're in the cafeteria together getting coffee. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. George then goes down to his secret room and uh, there's a bunch of construction workers in there. Because British bureaucracy is apparently more efficient than U.S. bureaucracy. Because while both shows have plans to turn these into like more administrative wings, the British version is trucking along. Indeed, they have people working around in there. The workmen on sites complaining. He's like. They want to turn this into an office, and it, it, trust me, this thing's trash. There's junk everywhere torn apart. There's deep gouges in the wall. What, are they throwing the crazies down here? Yeah, um, which it's because George has been transforming down there. So George panics and runs back upstairs to the cafeteria yep. where he finds Mitchell. He's like, Mitchell, who has up until this moment been zoning out of whatever the fucking back has been saying, is just like hearing heartbeat and being like, thunk, 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 I could drink thunk, blood right now. Blood sounds really good right now. But he's now. trying not to. So he's also like shaking really badly. And mm-hmm. she's, she's like, why are you shaking so badly? He's like, oh, I, uh, I recently I, quit smoking. Yep. And then she's like trying to ask him out, ask if he, ask if he's single. Yeah. And then George shows up and he's like. Can I have a minute? I'll be right back. And he goes to talk to George. He's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in your room. You're supposed to be transforming. And George is like, there are people in the room. We have to find someplace else. Yeah. And so Mitchell just leaves with George without like saying anything to Becca, which I get because your buddy's about to turn into a werewolf in a hospital full of people. But at the same time, like you were just like, I'll be back in one minute. You could just call across the room and be like, hey, look, something came up. I have to go. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's it's amazing. Um. So Mitchell ends up driving George out to the woods, the forest nearby, somewhere outside Bristol, uh, because even though he's trying to convince George to just transform in the house because it'd be safer for everyone, yeah, George is convinced that the woods is where it's safest to transform, and so George gets out of the car and starts running through the woods, and he immediately runs into a group of teens with a campfire. Yeah, and he's like, oh, hi, good night, yeah. Have fun. Then he runs into a guy walking his dog. Mm-hmm. And then he runs into a couple making out. Yep. And then he runs into a weird dude in a white hat who's like, hey, I know what, I know who you are. And George is like, nope, nope. And, and just takes off. off. Yep. And he loops 
around the stars of the forest and he's still running and then we cut back to mitchell who is trying to start the car and he is starting to flood it honestly and as he's like gets the car started george's like no wait no wait and like jumps in the car yeah and he's like i reconsidered you're right the house is safer uh, this was all a bit, which... Uh, and the entire time, a great Arctic Monkeys song was playing, so... Yeah, it was all a bit. A good bit. With Arctic Monkeys music in the background. Mm-hmm. So they go back to the house and immediately take anything of importance out of the living room. <laughs> by the- which, I mean, just the CRT. Well, they take like, like, some glass stuff and put it in the kitchen. And, like No, no, no. They go to take some glass stuff and put it in the kitchen when George is struck by his first like sharp pain of transformation and he drops said glass things. And he still takes a vase from him and sets it in the kitchen because she hides behind the vase later. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. But... But they save one base. But Mitchell grabs the TV and just goes outside with it. And yep. sits on the sits on the porch step, hugging the TV. There's a brief like I wouldn't call it an argument, but a brief confrontation here where he's like, "Can I watch you transform?" And he's like, "George's like, no, that's extremely personal." And Mitchell's like, "Yeah, but we're trying to like embrace the whole thing and like be human. And, like you can't really like." even call yourself a werewolf without freaking out so maybe well, this is one of those things Mitchell you- doesn't go to that point immediately first annie is like well i'm a ghost and you're here all the time that's really personal for me you see me as a ghost and then mitchell's like well i mean you are a werewolf and, and like, then he gets to the point yeah and like you're never gonna even like refer to yourself as a werewolf so maybe like embracing that would be good for you so george is and he's like fine but stay out of his line of sight i don't know what it'll do if it sees you and so she goes and hides in the kitchen and yep. peeks over the peeks over the counter they have like a little window to the kitchen yeah it's a really weird like it would make sense if this was a restaurant and they that was like a place you would no it's not even a good pass through or a good order window it was like the smallest shittiest cut it would be a fine order window i disagree (laughs) but uh yeah so she's sitting back there and then george fully transforms the the transformation sequence is very good that's true yeah and then once he stops screaming and he's like george george and then he turns to face her to snap over (laughs) and it is the (laughs) most rubbery looking mask that then looked like it's been coated in like the thinnest layer of latex it's hilarious it's hilariously bad honestly it's like an 80s movie werewolf or wolfman outfit but shot on a modern camera mm-hmm. so it looks a lot worse i like i'm laughing but the uk version was made on a street on a shoestring budget compared to the Canadian version. Yeah, it's like, understandable. Like, I don't have an issue with it. It was just unexpected, and I did have to immediately rewind to see it again. Like, the Canadian version was slated for a season five. Yeah. But they were going to get their budget cut in half. So they said no. So they said no, we'll just do a season four and finish it there. Yeah. But when he turns to Phaser, Annie gets frightened and poofs out of the house to join Mitchell on the stoop. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he's gone. George isn't there anymore. Yeah. So then we cut to the morning and they walk back in the door and the apartment is legitimately just wrecked. Luckily, they did stack some chairs and things to stop him from going upstairs. They've walked off the door. So he was literally just kind of trapped in the living room. Yeah. The living room and the foyer. Yeah. And he destroyed it mm-hmm. all. Yeah, absolutely destroyed. They had a bookshelf. They had a stereo system. They've done that anymore. So they spend the morning cleaning up, but like they yep. have to hurry hurry about it because as we find out in the next scene, when George finally wakes up, uh, their landlord is coming. He's Owen. in town from the Middle East. Yes. Owen, Annie's ex-fiance, also known as the Danny of the Being Human UK version. I don't know. I wonder if he killed her in this version. I'm going to go with yes, because of a scene in the next episode. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, he's just coming over to, like to get a feel for what they need from him while he's in town. Yeah. 
And the big thing is the sink sometimes doesn't run. It makes a weird tapping noise and a gurgle, and then it'll run after they leave it open for a while. See, in the US version, it does that because Sally's ring has mm-hmm. fallen into the sink and is causing issues. It's not just like causing issues because it's the ring blocking the plumbing, but because of like ghost energy. Like even though Yeah, she because her ring is still upstairs in the bathroom sink. Yeah. Um and ghost energy is connected to that and like yeah. she, even though she doesn't know. But I don't think that can be the case with this with Annie. No idea. Annie is seen wearing her wedding rings, her engagement ring still. Sure. Yeah. You didn't notice? I wasn't paying much attention. Fair enough. I, I only noticed it because it's such a pivotal plot point for the American version. True. Sorry. I, I know I touched on spoilers for the US version. Yeah, that's not even why I stopped. There was sound. Oh. How much do I need to redo or none? You're fine now. I okay. literally just had that pause to let that sound bleed out. Yeah, sorry, I know I just touched on spoilers for the US version, but like it seemed noticeable for me, like as somebody who's seen all the US version and loves it. Yeah, understandable. Uh but yeah, essentially Mitchell and Owen have a beer together while George goes upstairs to keep Annie from freaking out. I mean, I was out. gonna talk about their conversation before Owen showed up. Fair enough. Because when George finds out, he rightly freaks out because Annie can be seen by people. Some not people. all people, though. Yeah, but they're not sure if Owen will be able to see her or not, and it's a bad idea if you can fucking see his dead fiance Living with his two new tenants, yeah. Yeah, so George is rightly freaked out. He's like, Mitchell, why the fuck would you even agree to that? And Mitchell's response is, she kicked me in the shin. The shin! And then she hand, and then Annie hands Mitchell a notepad filled with questions to ask. Like, oh, has my sister had a baby yet? Because they've been trying for a long time. Are you fucking Jenny Harris? Things like that. And both George and Mitchell, very much like in the U.S. being human, realize they can't really stop Annie. So they're like, up the stairs. Go, go on, up go the stairs. Upstairs. And so once Owen gets there, um, Annie eventually makes a loud thump. Yes. And George is like, I'm going to go see what that thumping noise was. Because George is the most awkward person in the situation, despite stressing to Mitchell how much they had to pretend to be normal. Just like Josh and Aiden. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, it, it seems like you get better at being less awkward around people if you have 100 years to practice. Or if you know an issue comes up, you can just drink some of their blood and then hypnosis <laughs> them into forgetting. Or drink all of their blood and feed them some of yours and make them your, like... Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, now you you have... You are my thrall, except it's not really a thrall, but look, man, you there are other vampires and you kind of have to listen to them or they're going to kill you. Yeah, like, I guess when you I guess when you have that out in every social situation... Yeah. You can just feel pretty confident. It's like, like, as long as the social situation isn't, like, more than, like, 15 people... Look, if I'm a vampire and I'm at, like... I don't know, a fucking movie theater and I buy a ticket and the cashier says, enjoy your movie. And I say, you too. As a vampire, that's an excuse to just be like, well, you got to die now. Don't worry. You'll come back as a vampire. But like, not having this moment here. <laughs> too awkward. We're done now. Like when a waitress or a waiter gives you your food and you're like, they're like, enjoy your meal. And you're like, oh, you too. And then your brain immediately goes, I got my next victim, I guess. <laughs> you would kill so many people as a vampire. <laughs> No, because I don't normally respond to people. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Oh. But then George goes upstairs to stop Annie from making yep. noise. And when he finally, and then him, then Mitchell and Owen have share a beer together. Yeah. Talk about the problems in the house, which is mostly just the plumbing. <sighs> and then George comes back downstairs. And when Owen's like, so what was that banging noise? Do I need to look at anything? I mean, I, I wanted to talk about Annie and George's conversation upstairs because I found it amusing. You do you. So upstairs, we're just like, what the hell are you doing? What's that noise? And she's like, I just want to see him. And George's reply is, if you see him, he might die of shock. And, and he gets a like, huh, like, kind of look on her initially face. Initially, she's like, mm, that mm. would be bad. And then she immediately starts like smiling and being like, yeah. oh. And George's like, that is not going to happen. And then he goes back downstairs. Yeah. See, 
I don't remember the granular details of the conversations, so I'm glad you do because that scene is actually hilarious. Yeah, the dialogue it, there. It's like is, somewhere along that. I don't remember what George's exact response is, but he's very much against it. If he sees you, he will die of shock. She's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. But when George comes back downstairs, Owen's like, so what was that? Do I need to look at anything upstairs? And George is just like panicking. And he's like, it was a pigeon. I must have left a window open. Yeah. And Owen's like, a pigeon? And George is like, yeah, it's fine. I dealt with it. Did you get it outside? I killed it. With a shoe. Yeah. While George and Annie were having their conversation upstairs, though, Mitchell has the same conversation with Owen that both Josh and Sam both Josh and Aiden had with Danny about how the high house about how the house has a good vibe. Yeah, and he's a like, good echo. He's like, "Are you sure?" Everybody else has said it's been like bad yeah, and, and oppressive, they, and like. And Mitchell insists that it's good because he tells you know, Owen about I, the tap, and Owen's just like, "I peace, I'll be back to fix it." Yeah, because like Owen is like, you know, my fiance died in this mm-hmm. house. Like a lot of people say, they can feel like the negative energy of that. And Mitchell's all like, "Nah, it's great. The house has good vibes." Yeah, you can feel an echo of a person, and they're good vibes. They're they're good vibes. It's a good echo. So then, while Mitchell and Owen are at, not Owen, while Mitchell and George are at work. Uh, Annie uses George's cell phone, which means he doesn't, he doesn't take it to work. Which is I'm more of a fan of the idea that she poofed to the hospital, opened his unsecured locker, took his phone, and poofed back home. So she texts Owen and is like, "Hey, can you come look at the sink? It's making more noise than normal. I'll be at home at like da 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 time. You can come see it then. Da 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 da. Um, and the thing is, George she's is not, not George. Gonna, George is not going to be home. Yeah. So at said time. Owen and his his new girlfriend, the girl that she thought Janie oh, Harris. Yeah, Janie Harris, the girl she thought he was fucking, show up. Yep. Um in uh and he's confused because he thinks George is supposed yeah, to be there. He calls out for George, George doesn't respond. He's like, okay, I guess I'll do what I came here to do. And since coming in the door, he's been trying to send Janie back out to the car. He's just like, Go wait in the car. It's gonna be a while. I don't know what I'm doing. And she's just like, I'm gonna watch you fill it. Mm-hmm. Self-repair. It's gonna be great. And he steps around the corner because he's like, oh, the TV is on. And he looks, Mm -hmm. and Annie is hiding right beside the TV. Yeah. And he looks directly at her and then turns to Janie and goes, did you say something? Yeah. Because he can't see her. Yes. And this causes Annie to have like a little bit of a break. Like, yeah. Also, he turns off their television, which seems kind of rude. Maybe they left it on for a reason. Yeah. Uh, It's one of like the best ways to deter burglars. Yeah, exactly. He's encouraging people to break into the house that he's renting out. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very rude. He then goes to look at the sink, realizes he has no idea what he's doing. Doesn't do a single fucking thing to the sink. Stares at it and is like, I have no idea idea what i'm doing which you know what respect there are two times to call it quits when doing any like form of diy or whatever step one you don't know what step one is when you have no idea what you're doing you say no the only other time to give up is when you've actually broken the thing and and that's not because you're choosing to give up it's because you don't have anything else you can do yeah and honestly in 2008 when phones weren't like tap 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 oh that look a youtube video that shows me how to do this much more reasonable to be like nope i give up gonna call a plumber yeah, but I mean, it's honestly super simple. Like, just on a base idea, if you're checking it with, if you if you think you can do it, the minimum that you're going to probably be able to do without actual plumber's tools or being a plumber is take the U-pipe out, mm-hmm. check for any clogs there, see mm-hmm. if there's any clogs down the pipe that you're not actually going to have access to, but you might be able to, like, use a drain snake to get something out of, or you just use a rotor drain hook, like the ones that are motorized and go in farther. Oh, yes. But uh, most people don't normally have those, but I think you can rent them from some places, but, like, you really only have two options as not a plumber and they're not hard but anyways he gives up on doing the plumbing and turns to leave and runs directly into george who was just talking yeah. to annie and george is just like what the fuck because george came in the door turns to the living room sees annie and he's like freaking out pointing at the 
kitchen and he's like what what and then he turns and there's owen and owen's like oh you are here yeah and george is like oh yeah what are you doing here and they have this awkward conversation where owen's like you texted me and george is like oh yeah i did text you and i told you to come here when, when I i'm wouldn't... not home yeah yep that's the thing i did uh, and that kind of ends their scene um, and while that's happening kind of but owen owen goes i'll be back with a plumber i'll make sure to do it when you're not home yeah, and while all that scene was happening, Mitchell was having a conversation with Herrick, the Shadows Bishop. Herrick seems fine. I like. I don't hate Herrick. We don't get a lot of him, so I can't say I hate him. Yeah, but he is no bishop, mainly because of the actor that plays Bishop. Anyways, though, they do have this conversation in the cafeteria. It's late at night, apparently, so yeah. I guess this is... Well, I don't know when this is, because like it happens during the same scene. Yeah, actually, it happened before we got that scene. Okay, so it happens before Owen shows up. It's unclear when it happens. It just happens at a point. Yeah, and they have this conversation. Essentially, Herrick's like, you should come back into the fold. You need us. We need you. We, well, at first, Mitchell is very aggressive towards Herrick. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I told Seth to tell you you can't recruit to the hospital. And Herrick's like, what are you talking about? This is just a social call. And also, Seth's an idiot. I didn't tell him to come here and recruit. Yeah. He, that Why was would his... I do that? And anyways, we wouldn't just turn anyone unwillingly. I would not rather let people choose this gift. Like, and, and then, obviously, Mitchell's like, it's not a gift. Stop calling it a gift. Yeah. And then Herrick goes to get a hot chocolate, asks the cashier about the type of people she sees and she talks about the parents of children yeah, like, in the pediatrics ward because she works the overnight shift mm-hmm. in a hospital cafeteria her two main types of customers are people that work in the hospital and parents who are who are there for their children yeah and herrick's like if we went to the children's ward i bet you any of those parents would agree to not only let us turn their child into a vampire but also turn themselves into vampires yeah i mean before he says that there was a he had a there was a decent close to the conversation with the cashier Mm. which is he goes to pay her she's just like no it's on the house which i'd like to point out herrick's a cop um that wasn't mentioned he mm-hmm. is a cop much like bishop is so it's unclear if she's just like it's a cop you're fine you can take it or if she's like oh vampire radiance yeah like charming and her. as they're leaving mitchell's like what was that more tricks to which herrick's just like no because he mentions more tricks because herrick's very first introduction is him doing quarter mm-hmm. coin tricks yep in front of a bunch of staff waiting on Mitchell to show up. Yep. And Harris says, like, no, that was manners. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on a spill about how offering mm-hmm. immortality doesn't have to be a curse. You can offer it to somebody who wants it. Yeah. And you're not telling me that if we go upstairs to any of those dying children and offer them. And their parents immortality. That they're not going to take it. Yeah. Because it is a gift, We Mitchell. can offer it to people and their loved ones. Because it is, even though you don't see it as a gift, Mitchell, it is. Eternal life is a gift. Yeah. Herrick is, like, I know he, he's on the whole vampire should be public thing. Yeah. But he's also, like, steps removed from, like, just being a legitimate cult leader. Like, Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what vampire leaders are a lot of the time. So, from this, we shortly cut to Lauren's wake where there's plenty of tree for her. Yeah. George says he's going. He tries to get Mitchell to go. Mitchell refuses. And then like, yeah. we see it. Not a wake. It's a memorial. Sorry. Yeah. Where there's plenty of tree for her on the hospital grounds with a plaque. Yep. But after the memorial, in a out-of-the-way room in the hospital, Lauren confronts George. Yeah. And she's like, oh, did you enjoy my memorial? Did Mitchell not tell you what he did to me? Well, she doesn't actually mention Mitchell yet. Look, it's just the same intimidation that Rebecca did to Josh. Except it's better because- Except it's so much better. Lauren isn't like- Lauren doesn't have like the insanity that Rebecca's character has. Like Rebecca feels like she's like snapped 
Lauren is calm, collected, and she just is living that bone vivant yeah, lifestyle. Like she's specifically like, I'm going to make you feel what I felt in that moment when you realize that all the monsters from under your bed have been real the whole time. Like it's such. Yeah. The- and then she goes to bite him. She's like, wait a minute. Shouldn't you be like pissing your pants right now in fear and everything? Normally, this is where you would scream or something like that, right? And then George is like, Mitchell did this to you, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know. And, and then she steps up and sniffs him. And she's like, oh, a werewolf. How funny. And she just leaves. Yeah, she walks off. And then we mm-hmm. cut to George confronting Mitchell in the hallway. Yeah. And being very loud about how you can't just go around killing our friends and turning them into monsters. What's it- the entire point of this whole thing we're doing then? It's the same argument that Josh and I didn't have in the US version. It Probably because it's a very good moment. Yeah, it's like an excellent moment. But I actually- there's better catharsis is here because in the US version Josh just slams Aiden up against a wall here George just straight out punches Mitchell in the face yeah and also I think this is a stronger version because even in the US version Josh was still like trying to keep it like mm-hmm. quiet enough that he was but, doing whisper yells but here George is just like legitimately so pissed he doesn't care that there are people walking by yeah. hearing him he's like it because in his mind it doesn't matter anymore like yeah he Mitchell has already fucked them over yeah like in for Josh he's like I'm still a werewolf I have to keep that hidden but George is like we were trying to live a human life you fucked that what's the point in hiding anything yeah. now uh, so then George walks off shaking his hand in pain because he, he doesn't punch people he just punched a pile of granite yeah and then becca walks up behind mitchell slips on the floor he she manages to balance herself because mitchell was mopping the floor yep. before george punched him and she asks him out to drinks and mitchell hesitates for a moment and then it's just like his hands are shaking she actually gets him out of smoking he's like i'm starting to think once a smoker always a smoker and that's how they end their scene it's him saying he's going to kill her basically yeah because... now there was a moment we forgot though oh did we yes with after owen leaves the apartment with janie mm-hmm. annie and george and he's very upset george is trying to come for her and they just bond over how both their traumas her death and his being turned into a werewolf made them lose everything mm-hmm. and then they both re-experienced that exact same pain her just now seeing owen with someone else and apparently george ran into his ex as well and she was with someone else at a point after in, he in had episode to, zero yeah yeah after yeah, yeah. he had to bail because he was a werewolf Yes. It's the same plot from episode one of American being human, but instead of running into his sister, he runs into his ex-girlfriend who is now with another woman. So Mm -hmm. same plot, just different relationship. Yeah. I read too much about this Mm. show. Even before we decided to review it, I read a bunch of it and watched the first couple episodes. But from here, we don't actually see Becca and Mitchell out for drinks yet. Mm -hmm. George is at work and he's asked by a, assumingly the charge nurse for the night. She's like, do you think this is a three or a five? And she's on the phone. Yeah, and he's like, I, I guess it's a three. And then she's like, yeah, but I, she's basically just complaining because she really needs to know. Because it's for somebody's it, medicine, mm-hmm. like when, when they were last given their dose and when they should get it now. And Becca, her handwriting's not good. And she's like, well, call her. And she's like, well, she's not picking up her cell phone. And, and, and he's she, like, and okay. She, and she left on a date with your friend. Yeah. And he's like, which friend? And she's like, the one with the attractive face. Yeah. And so George ends up taking off trying to hunt them down at whatever. Running through at. the streets of Bristol with no yep. idea where they are. And then um, we cut to the bar, and it's just Mitchell and Becca talking. And they're, they're just flirting. They're just flirting, and eventually she's like, hey, my roommates are out of town. Do you want to come over? Yeah. And, and he looks like he's about to agree when who should show up but Lauren. And Lauren, like, kind of sits down, and she's talking to Becca. She's like, yep. because Becca's like, I think I know you. I think I've seen you before. And Becca's like, oh, yeah, I was just in the newspaper recently. Yeah. Uh, 
And the whole time, Mitchell's like, we're, we're not together. And she's like, no, we dated once. Although, for me, it was just a bottle of wine it, and a bag of Doritos. It wasn't even really a date. Yeah. And Mitchell puts up with a lot less shit than Aiden does. And he just picks her up and drags her out of the bar. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, it's, it's after she has the same line as Rebecca where she's like, I want to see her face when she figures it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mitchell like grabs her by the shoulders and pushes her out of the bar. And he's <laughs> like, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And she's like, well, you turned me into this. I woke up surrounded by strangers, which implies that he didn't turn her. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, then let's go. We can get away. We- I know places where we can go. She's like, you can't escape. And he's like, they don't care about the small towns. The places where they can be exposed. And she's like, but I, I don't, don't want, want to escape. Like, I want to fill their blood on my face, in my hands. I want to rip them limb from limb. I want to kill my family and my ex-lovers and yeah. my friends. And I want them to know the same fear I felt. And it- like, it's a similar diatribe to Rebecca's, but it like... It's it- delivered better. Yeah. <sighs> God, this is the thing that I have. That I think that some of the writing in the UK version has been better, like for dialogue at least. Yeah. And I think some of the like minor characters are just better performers, better actors. Holy yeah. shit. The actress playing Becca, I like more than I like who played the I don't remember her secondary name. love interest for the first episode in the US version. And Lauren is a better character than Rebecca by a mile. Yeah. And it's portrayal. But so he shoves her off and to try to get her to leave and he goes back inside the bar he's like look i don't think i can go home with you it's really not you it's me yeah. she's like that's the first time any man had said that to me before sex and he yeah. goes look i just have my own things i have to deal with and let me yeah. walk you to the taxis and, she, and goes, she tries to refuse and she's like please i want to make sure you're safe and she's like okay fine let me go to the bathroom first mm-hmm. and then she is attacked by becca yeah we hear screams we cut to george who runs up finds her well actually he gets attacked by lauren who chokes him throws him against a wall yeah. And, and then, then when he falls down, he sees Lauren and then Mitchell runs out. They try to save her. And Lauren, very much in a similar situation to Rebecca in the US version, she's like, you know, Mitchell could save her. All he has to do is let her drink some of his blood. And, the, and George is like, can you? And Mitchell's just like struggling with it. And she ends up dying. Mm-hmm. They find that out when they get to the hospital where George is now just like, well, that's it. They'll it, connect. Literally the same yeah. scene from the American version. They'll connect her to Lauren and Lauren to you. And this is all over. And, and Mitchell's like, no, there are things in place to stop them from happening this isn't the first time it's happened there are branches of them everywhere looks at herrick down the hallway as a cop talking to the doctor mm-hmm. however george has a much more like a sounded reaction to this than josh did in the u.s version and we linger on it a bit longer yeah yeah and then from there we go back to their apartment where george says basically the same thing that josh did which is i forgot what all the other vampires are like what type of monsters they are and that he has to struggle to not be that constantly yeah every moment of every day he's struggling to not be a monster when i'm just a monster one time a month yeah yeah and it, it's the same it's, i mean it makes sense that the shows are so similar. arguably from the first two episodes the most poignant dialogue is just like lifted from the british version yeah it's 100 percent makes sense because the, the north american version of the show is they're just showrunners for that watch the first season of the british show yep they intentionally didn't watch past that because they wanted to make a show that diverged and had its own personality yep and they very successfully did that the show agree. the show has its own style and personality but the first episode or so has a lot of like overlapping themology and character mm-hmm. dialogue so we end this episode really with george talking to annie in the kitchen mm-hmm. he's wearing a robe and stuff as he's having a conversation with her and annie seems depressed and he's like you know what we should all go out for drinks let me go get clothes on and we'll head out and he's just like no i really don't want to i don't want to leave the house i just want to be here it's safe here i'm comfortable here yeah because 
after she like hid herself from mm-hmm. Owen. No one else can see her but other supernatural people. She and, has relapsed. And she doesn't really want to leave the house anymore. Yep. Like it we're in the American version Sally can't leave the house. Yep. And he could, but now really struggles to. Yeah, she's dealing with her trauma again. It's resurfaced. Mm-hmm. So George like quietly concedes and they head into the living room where they all sit down, but we see outside the window the guy with the white hat from the forest is watching George. Yep. End of episode. End of episode one. Justice, what do you think of Being Human UK episode one? Honestly, the vibe feels much more sitcom-y. Yeah, it has a little bit of that. Where, like, it's more of a sitcom drama, but the US version leans much more heavily into the drama idea of it, which makes sense for the American market at the time. I don't know about the British television market at the time, but the drama aspect of the US version matches its market. I don't know much about the market of British dramas at the time, but what I yeah. can tell you is this show initially aired on BBC Three. Yes. And did not do very well. Mm. It, it pulled the same type of numbers that AEW pulls now in 2023, which in 2008 was terrible because cable was everywhere in 2008. Yeah, understandable. And so it didn't get renewed for a season two instantly. Instead, the next year, the showrunners and like the people behind it bet on it more heavily and, and got it pushed to BBC One in a primetime slot. Understandable. And they re-aired the entire first season and the numbers like quadrupled. Yeah, I mean, it's weird how when you put a show in a better quality time spot on a better channel you tend to get more views it's weird yeah it's it's weird how that happens mm. it's the idea that if you tell enough people strongly enough often enough that something is popular or good they'll agree with you it's, it's like how nickelodeon it's the only reason why kush balls ever existed well it's like how nickelodeon was like oh season four of Korra had awful ratings nobody watched it and it's like yeah because you took it off tv and put it on streaming on a, on a website not a streaming service and didn't tell anybody about it of course the numbers were terrible yeah it's the same idea Mm -hmm. but overall i like it and i would watch more yeah i enjoyed a lot i think i think while the american version has a really strong handle on josh and aiden's analogies between their struggles and and their supernatural aspects sally feels kind of like left in the wind yes especially in the first episode whereas in the british version annie's really is about trauma yeah they all feel like they have a fairly decent grasp on and they're all starting from the same point at the start of the show Mm -hmm. and the relationship between them all having been like a kind of indiscriminate time to us as the viewer of how long they've been together in this house allows for more of a friendship vibe and it allows for more jokes and sarcasm while still actively dealing with the drama of the situation as well can i tell you what one of my favorite parts of this is sure the fact that uh george and mitchell are just established as having been friends and having known each other they're just good friends in the american version it's much less clear how well they know each other yeah in the u.s version it feels much more like look i know what you are you know what i am we vaguely get along we should get in the apartment together because it'll just be easier for both of us but in the uk version it's very strongly these are friends so we've decided to get an apartment together we just so happen to be a werewolf and a vampire Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah no i like this first episode the comedy is more there than the american version yeah but it's a lot of fun i would watch more i i don't want to compare it directly to the american version because they are different shows. you're just upset that herrick isn't played by mark pellegrino that and i miss the sams yeah honestly i miss malik too i i love her she true they're all good in the first episode she's not bringing a whole lot to the table but her character evolution as that series goes on understandable but uh that wouldn't be fair to these people because i have i'm not giving them a chance Tully and aiden and not Tully. that's tavoli tavoli aiden and i don't remember any actress's name no idea but so should we go on to episode two yes let's start being human series one episode two do you have a title for this one i do but it's not an official title it's fanon still the episode's title is Tully. 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 But that was again voted on in a fan poll. 
It doesn't actually have an official title. Okay. So the intro for this episode, we see George transforming into a werewolf and our narration is provided by Mitchell. And it's a very, very long block of dialogue, but it very much just... So we talked about how in the Being Human US or North American version, the transformation is very... Very werewolf, werewolf in, London. in London. Yeah. American just like werewolf super in painful and gross. And that's still true in this. But Mitchell's narration lets us know just how bad it is. Yeah. I'm only going to read part of it, but... Fair enough. Uh, the opening narration is, he should be dead within 30 seconds. The werewolf heart is about two-thirds of the size of a human's, but in order to shrink, first it has to stop. In other words, he has a heart attack. All the internal organs are smaller. So while he's having his heart attack, he's having liver and kidney failure too. And if he stops screaming, it's not because the pain has dulled. His throat, gullet, and vocal cords are tearing and reforming. He literally can't make a sound. And, and then there's a whole bunch more, but it's it's so good at like describing just how painful and terrifying of a moment this would be to experience that I really appreciate it. Just hammering home it. Yeah, no, this is a fucking curse. This is a terrible thing. I'm actually happened. just going to pick up. I'm not going to pick up right where you left off. <laughs> okay. But it continues. Anyone else would have died of shock long ago, but it won't let him. And that's the pain I find most remarkable. It drags him through the fire and keeps him alive and even conscious to endure every second. Nothing like this could just evolve. Is it the fingerprint of God? An impossible lethal curse spread by tooth and claw victim begets victim begets victim it's so cruel it's perfect god they're the writing yeah. for this sh- yeah mm. i am kind of sad like the North American narrations are also good. Yeah. But the opening narration for episode one and episode two of the UK version are just more poetic. Just next level. Like, and they fit and I like them so much. Like, they're not, they're obviously not necessary, but man, do I enjoy them. Yep. And so episode two then starts off with George waking up after having run wild in the forest because he still doesn't have his isolation room. Yeah, no. There's a man standing over him, the man with the white hat, Mm -hmm. standing over him with a bag and being like, hey. How how are you going to get home? Didn't see a car. Don't seem to have any way of getting home. I assume you ring someone to bring it all to you. I don't know where you keep the quarter or the coin. The coin, yeah. And George just one of the, doesn't want a single fucking thing to do with this. So he gets up to leave. And then Tully, we learned his name is Tully. He's like, George, I know what you are. You're a werewolf. And George is like, well, why would you say that? That's it. That's madman talk. And Tully's just like, because I'm one too. Yeah. Look, you can smell it. Your senses are more heightened now. You can smell, hear, see, taste, all of it better. You can tell what I am. And George is like, cool. Thanks for the clothes. Because I was in the bag with like it's thrown at his feet. But no. Mm-hmm. I will say, before this, we d- that the opening narration was the transformation sequence of George. Yes. We do get the werewolf, the full face of the werewolf again. Yeah. It's slightly better this time, but because it's, it's still- a darker image. The shots are grainier because they don't have the right light balancing. It's a pulled back, less focused shot, and it's also a profile. So it just it's a better shot and it looks better. But man, does it give like still late 80s, early 90s monster movie vibes. But yeah, transformation just looks a little bit cleaner this time. And like you said, it's because yeah. of the camera work mainly. But yeah, we cut to the morning. He gets the bag of clothes from Tully. Yeah. And this entire time, Tully's just trying to be like, look, man, I've been around longer. I can teach you some tricks. And George is like, I don't need tricks. This is a thing I just have to fucking suffer for a bit every month. And then I forget about it. I'm gonna go. Don't fucking bother me again. And then George takes off to his house. But when he gets there, it's filled with unexpected guests. 
Yes, because unbeknownst to George, Mitchell has decided to start inviting the neighbors over for like yep. brunch, I guess, or like I don't fucking know. I think it's tea. I honestly think it's tea because it looks like they had like oh. he's taking them digestives out, so he's taking them out cookies. They have like a teapot on the counter. I honestly, believe. what I thought this was, I thought this was like jumping, like the, I thought this was the neighborhood watch arc from the, <laughs> the American one. And I was like, this is so weird to have an episode two. You yeah, know, I I think he just invited them all around for tea. <laughs> George's immediately not comfortable with that also he's still extremely dirty he yeah. has clothes on but he's just covered in dirt so he goes upstairs or th- into the kitchen yeah he goes into the kitchen where he talks after to- being forcefully introduced to people mm-hmm. to which none of these people i really remember there's an old couple there's a lady who was a formal miss isle of white and then there is the neighbor with the extreme punk look who is just obsessed with vin diesel knows way too much about vin diesel. and to be fair why wouldn't you be vin diesel is just sheer perfection given human form i mean honestly it's the mid two thousands the family meme isn't a thing yet Uh, yeah honestly at this point he's done a few fast and furious movies but not like he really you know him for like triple x and no one really cares about that but the chronicle of riddick movies and you're like those are good yeah and then maybe the witch hunter movies out i don't fucking know but no one watched it anyway so who knows i think tokyo drift was 2009 yeah so he's been in one movie Two? Two, two, yeah. Two, I think. Yeah. No, he's not in the second Fast. He's on another Fast and Furious movie until episode until four, discounting the cameo at the end of Tokyo Drift. Cool, yeah. You don't really know him from anything besides Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Better times. Family. Uh, but yeah, no, so... Speaking of family, after he goes in the kitchen and has a talk with Annie, who none of the neighbors can see her because she's regressed, like we talked about at the end of the last episode, he goes back into the living room where he immediately sees Tolly. Yeah, so he pulls Tolly up out of the chair and just drags him out of the house. Before we get into his and Tolly's conversation outside, I do want to mention one of the things he said to Annie, though. He's like, like, you can't just invite people over like that. They're British. We have to spend 15 years nodding at each other before you can even have a conversation. Yeah, also before he gets that great line to go back into the living room. does question what the fuck is up with mitchell because like he has been in his room not leaving since becca died mm. and now suddenly neighbors and and he's like well maybe something snapped yeah but so once he drags holly outside he's just like what the fuck are you doing here i told you not to follow me mm. she didn't say that something snapped she said maybe he took a bump to the head oh yeah, yeah. He's like my-, my nana did she got hit by a radio controlled airplane at a fair and just became obsessed with pygmy goats <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, I don't <laughs> understand a single word that just came out of your mouth. So good. Yeah. So he's outside with Tully. He's like, I told you not to follow me. And Tully's like, I didn't need to follow you. I've known where you've lived for weeks. And to be fair, he also didn't say, don't follow me. He said, try not to follow. Don't try to follow me. Yeah. If you successfully follow trying. someone, yeah. that's not trying. It's succeeding. But the entire time, Tully's just like, look, I've been around longer. I can teach you some things to help you with this. And honestly, I really wanted to meet your friends. A vampire and a werewolf being friends, much less roommates. Like, Yeah. And eventually, George agrees and Tully comes back inside to meet them. George specifically agrees because Tully's like, not only can I teach you how to make it safer for you. I can make it safer for everyone around you. And... Because he asks what George's biggest fear is, and George is like, what do you think? The fact that I'll bite someone or kill someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Tully's like, look, let me meet your friends, and I'll teach you how to be safer for everyone. Yep. And immediately, Annie and Mitchell are on board with Tully. Yeah, Annie is not just on board. She's like insanely just happy to have somebody else around that like she yeah. can interact with. She's enjoying his stories because he's just talking about how he's been roughing it. 
living out in the woods, in the wild. How he heard about an animal attack and was like, mm-hmm. oh no, that's a werewolf. So he's been Looked trying- it up in a paper and managed to find George and eventually mm-hmm. found some clothes in a forest, figured out like this was where he was and then waited and found him after the moon. Mm-hmm. Yep. But George is like, sorry, totally ends up being like, Look, I've just been sleeping outside. Yeah. I've been crashing with people every now and then, but I don't want to impose. And Mitchell's just like, no, it's fine. You can stay. And George's like, no, no, no you can't. And anyway, they end up letting him sleep on the couch. After George and Mitchell have like an aside, well, Mitchell's just like, I don't understand why you're not jumping at the chance to have someone to help you with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't get it. So Tully gets to stay, even though George is very vocally against it. Yeah, not only is, like, George very against it, Mitchell isn't just for it. He's, like, he has segmented himself from his own people. Yeah, everyone. So he's just like, I don't know why you would choose to be alone. When you can have somebody who knows yeah. what you're going through. Like, you don't even know him. Give him a chance. But as we get to Tully, like, mentoring and teaching George, yeah. it's some of it's, like, the same stuff that this, as the analog character Ray from the U.S. version teaches Josh, it, it's also got a lot of, like, social dynamics to it. Where yeah. Tully is not just teaching George how to be a better werewolf, a safer werewolf. He's also teaching Josh how to be a misogynist. Sorry, George, how to be a misogynist and a bully and like, yeah, kind of a shitty human being. And because George is socially awkward to begin with and like has been socially isolated because of his werewolfism, um, lycanthropy, he takes to it. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's actually managing to help me in this way. Yep. Why can't he be the one to help me in these ways as well? Yeah. And the entire time, Tully's also like hammering a wedge between him and Mitchell. He's like, you know, Mitchell's a predator too. I don't know why he hasn't been teaching you this stuff like yeah he, or like oh i don't know why he hasn't helped you get a like, girlfriend yet like yeah get clearly he's getting late all the fucking time have you seen him yeah like and it's just trying to drive a wedge yep george tries to use the tactics totally uses it to pick up a woman in a restaurant on this nurse yeah who um he had an argument with the day before a couple days before it was like a brief spat george had to take a patient to her wing of the hospital the area she was you know uh charge nurse of i assume she's the charge nurse for that area yeah or doctor even no i think she's a nurse i mean it looked like she sat down at the nurse's station yeah 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 but i mean that doesn't preclude doctors but it's normally but like the doctor's order was wrong this patient wasn't supposed to go here well it's not that the doctor's order was wrong the doctor was just shunting the patient out of his wing Mm. to someone else even though she didn't have any beds she could use because she was filled up yeah so this leads to a spat between them yeah and she's really kind of mean to him but like yeah because he's like well what do you want me to do and she's like just leave He's like, well, what about? And she's like, how long have you worked here? And he's like, about a year. And she's like, huh, you think you would know better by now? Yep. So then we have a scene where George and Tully are at a diner and Tully... It uses condescending, rude negging yep. to pick up on a waitress there. Okay, so honestly, vaguely with the way he dresses, especially with the way he acts... He's a chav. Yeah, he's just a guy who never grew up from being a chav. I, I say grew up because I think from like my understanding of the term chav, it's very much kind of like a douchey connotation, but like generally aimed at like, a younger group of people who are generally chavs. From what I understand of Britishisms... Anybody can be a chav. Yeah. It's just more likely to be young people. It's also more socially acceptable for a 17-year-old high schooler. He he looks like a upper 30s, lower 40s chav. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good vibe. And so, like I said, he insults this woman and negs her into like going on a date with him. Yep. And so when this nurse comes to apologize, her name is Nina, comes to apologize to George for like snapping at him when he was just following doctor's orders, which is what he has to do for his job. He doesn't just use the same tactics that Tully used, but like the exact same like warding and such. Especially like Tully's guiding from behind him. Yeah. He's mouthing the things he should say. He's like, you can take me out for a drink later. Yeah, except George being awkward, stumbling over it and everything. And he's like... 
Yeah, you know, as a way to like apologize. Yeah. And eventually she's like, oh yeah, no, I can't do it right now because I'm on my period. But maybe next week. He's like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, I don't I don't know how you're not getting it. I'm making fun of you. No, he, she never comes out and says it because he doesn't put that together. Yeah, fair enough. And he's like, wait, really? And she says, do chicken have teeth? And he's just like, uh-huh. And she's like, in fact, I'm so happy about this. I can't wait to tell all of the staff, everyone around me this. How misogynistic you are. And yeah. Because she literally doesn't say that yeah and you'll be getting a lot of attention from them after this yeah and then she leaves and tolly walks up and george is like did that go what that was a good thing and tolly's like yep and he's like do chicken have teeth until he goes oh they have like ridges which are kind of like like teeth teeth. yeah but yeah so like the basis of this is as tully becomes more ingrained into george's life and george respects him more and like takes him more on like a a, uh, mentor figure he also is slowly grinding away the goodwill he has with Annie and Mitchell. Yes. But speaking of Mitchell, he's Mitchell, got his own subplot on his hands. He has to do with Lauren, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is trying to get him to drink blood, trying uh, to incite yeah. him to act like a vampire. And he is not vibing with it. She stops by the house. Yep. And it attempts to like lure him into quote unquote playtime, yep. which he says, I can't separate playtime from feeding time. And she's like, oh, that's not a problem. Like we can do both. Yeah. And he's like, no go and throws her out of his house now we do get a point here where we learn that vampires in this world have to be invited into homes because mm-hmm. she shows up and he's like what are you doing she's like well we can't have the conversation outside it's like you're not getting inside my house she's like well you have to invite me in or i guess we could have this conversation outside and so he invites her in but then yeah. he forces her out of the house afterwards yep. we also have some stuff between tolly and annie where yeah initially annie's like after george and mitchell go to work tolly's making breakfast yeah and annie c- comes downstairs and he's like oh hey i was making you breakfast and she's like i can't can't eat eat. but do you mind if i like sit here and watch you eat it it reminds me of happy memories with like my fiance because she used to watch owen eat because she might she would get up earlier in the morning fix herself food and then fix him some food and they would talk Talk over breakfast yeah Yeah. and he's like oh yeah that's fine and like he keeps like trying to make a move on her and she like continually like kind of pushes him away yep until it all blows up yeah, it happens throughout like a small buildup of scenes, but like this episode has like a bunch of small scenes that are all happening simultaneously. Yeah, because like him and J- Tolly and George both go to this abandoned property out in the mm-hmm. woods where Tolly shows him, "Hey, you take this chicken on a r- string, run it around like a mile around this shed. All night, your wolf will just follow it in circles. And when you transform, you want to like have some bodies of water to boundary yourself because if you can't you, cross running water yeah. as a wolf. If you can do it, you try to do it around some water. So we get the scenes back and forth and like, like like i was saying some of these scenes are establishing tolly trying to like honestly the thematic idea is just each inter- how each person interacts with tolly for any for a lot of it's her and tolly having a pleasant conversation and then tolly taking it to like a weirdly flirty thing that she doesn't seem to be reciprocating with george it's george finally coming around to learning some werewolf trips from him and with mitchell it's just it's really just tolly being a bad roommate eating all the food brawling out on the couch scratching his balls while watching television taking uh, Taking, taking a shit right before he needs to take a shower. Shit. Right before Mitchell needs to take a shower for work. Yeah. Literally Mitchell's problems with Tolly. The only personal problems he seems to have is just Tolly's a bad roommate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now this escalates to Tolly. He grabs Annie, which is wild that he can grab her yep. by the arm. And she's like, hey, can you let go? That hurts. He goes, oh, it hurts. You can feel that. Well, so he first comments like, oh, you're kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, I never see you change clothes. You're always in these gray, like. Yeah. She's why like, don't I ever see you out of these clothes? Yeah. It's not, mm-hmm. why don't you change clothes? It's a little creepier than that. But 
as he's holding her, explaining, oh, well, you are squishy. You're you're kind of cold, like you just came from the snow. We see him, his hand tightened, and she goes, that hurts. And he's like, oh, that hurts. And she's like, it hurts. Owen, stop. Owen, her yeah, fiance. Which is why you assume Owen killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then he's just like, what? And she's like, I mean, I, it, it didn't hurt, but I saw your hand there, so it felt like it should hurt. And he's like, well, if you could feel that, I wonder what else could you could feel. A kiss? A, a fuck? fuck? And he like pushes her up against the fridge. And, and she's like, can you back up? Please get away from me. And if it, he goes to kiss her and she vanishes because she's a ghost. Yep. He also has a horrible line about like, like each time when she was like initially calling him out before he backed her up against the fridge, he's like, I'm just, I'm just messing around with you. I'm just joking. Yeah. Every time she calls him out, he's like, oh no, I'm just joking. It's yeah. cool. And um, then as he's backing her up to the fridge, cause he's just like, why are you acting like this? He's like, well, it's something along the lines of like, I'm, you I keep to- leading me on is what he says. He just says that at one point. I mean, he does, but it's in this thing where he like complains about being around a vampire it almost be in the full moon his balls feel like they're filled with cement mm-hmm. and he keeps getting, getting let on by a corpse that's he's getting mixed signals from a fucking dead girl yeah that's what it is yeah yeah so she poofed yep and she appears out in the street panicking she's asking anybody who she she's sees. legitimately just having an anxiety attack well yeah because she was nearly sexually assaulted by a werewolf yeah and now no one can see her to help her she wants to go to the hospital to find her friends her roommates yeah and she sees an ambulance so she chases after it on foot yep and eventually comes to a crime scene where a man has been murdered and on the stoop crying is crying Try laughing hysterically is lauren and then herrick walks up yanks her by the arm and drags her over and the entire time lauren's just spouting like you you should have seen it it was so adorable and and the sound he made he made the cutest gasp and herrick's like we have rules there are ways we do things you can't just kill people and she starts going and he's like i have a plan and you're fucking with it Mm -hmm. and herrick sees annie and just like smiles at her knowingly i don't know why he recognizes her Mm. but he then starts going tick tock because there's been a theology that the vampires are up to something it's their time now they've been beating up before Tully moves in with them, he claims he's been beat up by vampires more frequently now than ever before. Before, yeah. There's word about a town about vampires talking about their time is coming. Yeah, and when it was mentioned to Mitchell earlier, he's just like, vampires are constantly fucking saying that. Ever since like the very first crusade, you have vampires going. Yeah, nothing ever comes of it. Yeah, but this causes... And to, to run out. to run back the opposite way, yeah. and then we kind of leave her when she runs away, and we see Mitchell walking down the street back towards the house. When who should spot him from like, it's a, like out a of drainage a covered ditch. alley? Yeah, covered yeah. alley, a drainage ditch or something. It's Annie, and she's like Mitchell, and runs up, gives him a hug. Yeah, and she's sobbing. Yeah, we don't see her explain to him what happens, but he storms into his house and yells at Tolly to get out. Yeah, he's like, "Get the fuck out right now!" Yeah, and Tolly's literally just posturing me like, "What the fuck are you gonna do about it?" What, what's George? you're gonna think and there's like i don't give a fuck i'll talk to him get the fuck out and then george gets home yeah and george does not take this well he's like no this is showing me how to do shit why the fuck aren't you ever doing anything for me why aren't you showing me how to deal with this shit why aren't you helping me with women and yeah and like mitchell's just like mitchell's like because mitchell said oh totally's leaving yeah and George is like, why? And Tully's like, I have no idea why they'd want to kick me out. I yeah. don't know at all. And Mitchell's like, Mitchell goes to be like, he's starting with the small things. He's like, he's messy. He's sloppy. He eats all the food. And then Annie steps in to explain the fact that he assaulted her. And George blows up and says the most disgusting line of dialogue this character has in this first two episodes by a mileage. And that line is the horrible. And I bet she liked every moment of it. N- not liked. I bet she loved, loved every, every moment, moment of it. it. Yeah. Because, you know, let's victim blame the ghost who was almost raped yeah 
it it's not cool. But George and Tully leave then because it's the, mm-hmm. it's the night before the full moon or night of the full moon. It's the night before. Okay, because he ends up going back. Yeah, and they head they head out to prepare for their full moon transformation. Yep. And Tully's just telling George about how proud he is that he chose to stand up and that he's becoming you know more of what he's supposed to be, embracing the wolf, being more true to himself. And George is just like, I shouldn't have said what I said. Like that was a horrible thing to say. I was an asshole. And Tully's just like, No, you said what needed to be said. You established yourself like you should. Yeah, and this is also when Tully drops the bomb. Yeah, that he is the one who turned George into a werewolf. And he's been searching for him for two years. He didn't remember turning George into a werewolf, but when he read the news article about a Taurus being dead and another one surviving an attack, he knew what it meant. And Tully tries to sympathize with George because he's like, becoming a werewolf took everything away from me. took my my family away from me. You're the first connection I have as a werewolf. And George is just like... And I, I saw what you had and I wanted it. And... George is like, so you were lying about everything. You were faking it. You were, you had no idea what you were doing. And Tully like is on the verge of a breakdown. He's like, I just couldn't be alone anymore. And then- I had a wife. I had a kid. I had a kid. And they're kind of struggling with each other. And George slams Tully down on the table and just like glares at him and then pushes off of him and leaves. Tully does shout after him. I, I just couldn't be alone anymore. Yeah. But that brings us to George returning to his house. Yep. Where he immediately apologizes to Mitchell and Annie. And he's like, George is gone. And they instantly forgive him. And like, maybe Mitchell, I could understand. Like, the problem is solved from Mitchell's point of view. But like, Annie should not be like that fast to forgive. Holy shit. Like, yeah. Like, so there's no blatant statement of forgiveness. And we don't really dwell on the scene long. So it's hard to really decide if they forgive them or not. Um, And when he does walk in, he picks up a DVD off the Mm -hmm. floor. A neighbor mentioned earlier that they were going to let them borrow Casablanca. Yeah. Which had Mitchell excited because... Because Mitchell was an extra in it. But because Van vampires don't show up in it the only way you can tell he's there is he knocks over a chair in a scene mm-hmm. and uh, george wasn't interested in it when they brought it up despite the fact that he's apparently a huge old school movie buff. classic movie fan yeah yeah so they're, they're like oh this must be casablanca so after like they have their moment of yeah they all decide they're gonna go watch it which is like oh much like kind of let things sit air out just do something together that Fine. said it is not casablanca it's vampire porn i called it as soon as like, like yeah i was like oh yeah 100 mm-hmm. this is vampire porn and uh you are wondering vampires don't appear on video how do vampires make porn well, it's easy. The same way as everyone else, you just can't see one of the party members. Yeah, you make a sex tape, but only one person appears on the sex tape, and then you kill the person that appears on the sex tape. Yeah, and the entire time, George and Anna are like, does anyone like enjoy this? And Mitchell's like, yeah, some people do, I guess. And they're like, why? And he's like, the I, same reason people enjoy porn. Yeah, he's like, who would send this to you? And he's like, it's personal. It's it's Lauren. And they're just like, what? And he's like, yeah. And the entire time, they're all just like, we should turn it off. None of them turn it off. It's because they don't have a TV remote, Justice. Yeah. Um, But Annie's like, Annie's the one that pieces it together. She's like, oh, she's trying to draw you back in. Yeah. She's trying to tempt you to drink blood again, which this show doesn't actually address that at all. Yeah. Like what he's drinking. Like, how is he still alive? Yeah. In the North American version, we see that he drinks blood bags. That he gets from the hospital. Yeah. So that night or the next night. I I think it's that night, actually. George heads out to that abandoned property where he and Tully established a home base so he can transform. And Tully's there with a noose around his neck standing on a chair. And he's like, I knew you'd come back and kicks the chair out from underneath himself. And George just watches him. And initially, George like takes a step towards him yeah. and stops and like leaves the building. Well, he stops and Tully starts to struggle more. George steps closer, is like half a foot away from Tully just staring up at him. And then he just turns around and walks out. Which is what he should have kept doing. He should... He should have just let Tully die here. He got like a good 20 feet from the shed and then turned around. 
and goes back in and lifts Tully up enough so that Tully can get the noose off his head. And he goes to leave and then Tully grabs him. They struggle. Werewolf fight. Mm-hmm. Half werewolf fight. Yeah. Transforming George is just werewolf. like, let me the fuck out. We're going to change in here and you know we'll try to kill each other. And in their fight, George scars Tully's face. Then manages to shove him out of the building and block the door. Yep. And then the fight stops because there's too much pain to continue yep. the fight. And then the next, we cut to the next morning and George is awake in a hoodie and wearing clothes, carrying a bag, throws it at Tolly's feet, whose scar is now red and kind of infected. And it looks a lot larger than it did when it first got hit. So I assume it got torn and ripped during the transformation, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you're done. The first time you met me, you scratched me and turned me into a werewolf. Yep. Second time. You lied to me. The third time. Well, there better not fucking be a third time. And then he walks off. And honestly, this is George's like hardest moment in the show. Like his most badass. Yeah. Um, And that would be the end of the episode. But we cut back to the house and Mitchell's in the kitchen digging through the trash can. Yep. Where he pulls out a blue DVD that was the same DVD that was the vampire porn. Yeah. His eyes flash black and then his eyes return to normal. And there's a bit of a voiceover about how you can never quite go back. Yeah. Um, It's a quote from Lauren earlier in the episode referring to the Eagles song. You can check out. Anytime you want, but you can never leave. And he pulls the DVD out of the trash. And that's the end of the episode. It is. So, Being Human UK, or Being Human Uck. For episode two, yeah, I like it. I guess it makes sense that the US version, like, samples from season one throughout its run, rather than just, like... Yeah, it definitely feels like the first two episodes of the US version are stretched out Mm -hmm. more. Because we don't get... Tully's character for a few more episodes, but I do think it makes sense the the, the storytelling format of the UK version. Yeah, I don't like Tully. I think I like him less than his American version. Yeah, because as we discussed earlier when we were, before we landed on calling him a chav, mm-hmm. we were like, I don't know, he's just creepy and a bad vibe. Where like just a horribly creepy bad vibe, which Ray also has a creepy, horrible bad vibe. But in addition to that going on with Tully, Tully also has do douchiness added to it yeah and then the moment we added douchiness to creepy bad vibe we were just like oh he's a trap yeah because ray the totally equivalent in the u.s version is kind of like a redneck louisiana guy he has creole vibe he has like backwoods creole vibes that you get in like and he still did turn some weird things and he still is the one that turned josh mm-hmm. or george and he's an asshole and he's an asshole and he's manipulative and he's a bum all like Tolly, but what he is not is an attempted rapist and that makes Tolly so much worse yep and also even though like he is like a pickup artist ray is we don't ever really see it which makes it possible to be like i don't know maybe maybe he actually has like some charm to him yeah not just oh no i went to a seminar once and they <laughs> told me if i just insult her enough but like so i i say a bad thing and then i say a good thing and then i say a bad thing it's like a compliment sandwich, but in but reverse. inverse. Yeah, and I think those things makes Ray a more likable character. Tully, if he comes back like Ray does, I will be incredibly upset that he doesn't just instantly get killed. I mean, I'll be incredibly happy when he comes back because it's like Ray, it's for that explicit reason, so he can be killed. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, no, I like the show. I will probably end up watching more of it. Same. It's actually less episodes, even though it's more seasons or yeah, series. Well, like, that's why it makes sense to stretch out the North American version 
version because the North American version season one has 13 episodes, whereas the UK version has six episodes in yes. series. I think I think I did the math and like the UK version is 36 episodes total. Something like that. And the American version is 52. Yeah. So I will probably watch this. I don't know if I will finish it because I feel like once main characters start flicking off the show because they don't read new contracts. I mean, it really all depends on the new characters introduced to take over. Like if we got the equivalent of Henry as a main character, I'd be down. Fair enough. Like a few set episodes in Henry. When he's first introduced, he's annoying. I really like when Henry's first introduced and has all of his skin played off of him. That's a few episodes in Henry. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Before that, he's just the annoying guy of like, why don't we hang out anymore? We could kill people. He's just Rebecca part two. To be oh, with. he's just Roderick Strong and... Yeah. 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 But no, how about you? Would you watch more of this? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I think that does it. There is another spinoff of Being Human that we can review at a later time, which given that we're theming this Halloween as Being Human... We'll probably do at some point. I don't know if I ever agreed to that, but... We're too far in now. But because of you saying that, my brain is now singing Making Christmas from Nightmare of Halloween, but to being human, being human, it's so fun. Well, we will probably do Becoming Human at some point, but we want to thank you for flying with us. And if you want to get in contact with us and tell us your thoughts on either of these being humans or specifically your favorite British show that has had a US remake or Canadian remake and which one you thought was better because yeah, honestly, this happens way too often. Like, we really like to take your shows and make them ours. We didn't like your tea, so we threw it in the harbor. But your television shows, we like those. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in a variety of ways, primarily on X, where we are at Copilots Review, or at our email at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can find links to both of those and other resources by going to copilotsreview.symbolcast.com. But thanks for flying with us. And please fly again soon. 